Hey ladies, how are you going? Welcome to this week's episode of the Women in English podcast. I'm so, so happy to be here because we are up to week two post asthma attack and I'm starting to finally feel like my old self, get back into my routine, get back into the groove of things. And, you know, for those of you who know me, you know that once I'm back into my routine and being productive, I'm feeling so much better because if I'm not doing something all the time, I start to get a little bit anxious. Um, this week has been actually quite an interesting week for women in English. For those of you who are like over on Instagram and YouTube, you would start to see that we've been doing a little bit of some new content and some content that has really been testing my comfort zone. I started experimenting a little bit with vlogging, the Instagram reels and showing a little bit more of like the, I don't, what can I say? Like the behind the scenes side, the like what I do in my everyday life. And it's been really fun. It's really cool to like talk to you girls and interact with you even more. But it's also been really interesting just to challenge myself and like get out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I talk about it all the time, like telling you girls to get out of your comfort zone, to put yourself in conditions where you're testing your English, where you're testing yourself, even if you don't feel good. And I was like, oh, I can't just like not do what I preach. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing for me. And even if I feel terrible, hey, I tell you girls to do it and then your confidence builds. So I've got to do the same thing. And of course, it worked. So anybody who is here like thinking, oh, you know, I don't feel confident with my English, but some way or another, you know, what can I do? Just, you know, test yourself, do the things that scare you. Maybe, you know, contact somebody that you can talk to, use the Facebook group to, you know, get a speaking partner, comment back to somebody who's been commenting in our discussion feeds in order to, you know, build that communication around you, even if it doesn't feel that good. Because for example, my experience has been that, yeah, the first time, second time and third time, it feels horrible. But then you start to like have fun or you start to build your confidence and you're like, hey, it's not so bad being here outside of my comfort zone. And then, of course, it's going to turn into a new comfort zone. So, you know, it does get easier. But that's been, you know, what's been going on with me this week in this podcast. Um, as you can see from the title, we're looking at behind the scenes of women in English. I wanted to share a little bit of information with you girls in regards to some questions that I've been asked, like, what is women in English and why do you just teach women? And, you know, what's the whole idea behind it? How do you organize your routine? And I'm going to go through and talk about these topics. And then I have a list of questions that I have been asked that I am going to answer questions that, you know, you guys have asked me in the community that I'm going to answer. So this is going to be a really great podcast just for your listening skills in order to hear some really natural English. As you can hear here in the podcast, I speak a little bit faster. I use a little bit more slang. And this is a great way, especially for those of you who are living in Australia, just to be exposed to a little bit more native English. So the first thing that I thought I would speak about is why I began Women in English and like the origins and like, you know, pretty much why it happened. So this whole journey of Women in English really began with a completely different business, still obviously in regards to teaching English, 
but it actually began with the start of an online community called Speak English with Gaia. That stemmed from a very brief attempt at another community called Chit Chat with Gaia. And this actually all started, I would say, just before my daughter was born, uh, a good five years ago, because me and my husband previously actually had an English school. And, you know, we, we began our English school in 2015, a few years after I moved to Italy. And we had our school for a few years. It was really fun. We really loved it. But after the birth of, well, before the birth of our child through our pregnancy, we started re-evaluating the lifestyle that we wanted. And while I was pregnant towards the end of my pregnancy, and then obviously when Mia was born, we had closed the school and we had a really big decision in front of us. And we thought, hey, like, what are we going to do? And I have to give total credit to Giorgio here because I was just like a very scared, hormonal pregnant woman, had no idea what was going on with a newborn that I was like, oh, my God, what do I do with this thing? I know, I know it's a baby, but like when I first was a mom, it was very difficult. And I was just like, oh my God, like this, I have responsibility over this thing of this person. And it was very overwhelming. And he actually like looked at me and he said, you know what? We're going to change our life. That's it. We're not going back to work. We're not going to reopen our school. We're going to work from home. And I was like, This was a long time ago, girls. Like I know now, especially post-COVID, working from home is just like totally normal. But living in Italy a good, I'm going to say like seven years ago, working online and for my Italian girls, you know, but working online, creating an online business was really strange, very, very strange, very scary. And people really, people thought we're out of our minds, like completely crazy. Like you are too new parents with a newborn child, what do you mean you're not going back to work? What do you mean you're setting up an online business? And, you know, this for us was super important to do because, again, it all stemmed from the type of lifestyle that we wanted, where we wanted predominantly it was just to stay together, um, to be able to spend every day together with our daughter and have the flexibility to travel and really choose what we wanted to do every day. And this is how this whole journey began. And it was a very, very challenging thing for me. And I've spoken about this so much. And it's really, I can say why I'm here and doing what I do, because what I went through in the, I'm going to say, creation of this business, but not just the physical business. I mean, the creation of myself, of the person that I had to grow into was extremely painful for me because I am, but was in the past, you know, a person who was extremely shy and had a lot of problems with confidence. Now you can start to understand why I have women in English, but I really had a lot of problems with confidence and a lot of problems with like just believing in myself, with getting out of my comfort zone and trying new things. And when I was in the process of obviously having to participate in Speak English with Gaia and Chit Chat with Gaia, it was something so something so new to me. And I had to face my biggest demon, which was the camera. And this is through that, through overcoming my challenge with taking, you know, filming, 
photos, producing content. That's really where like I would say like the spark was born for women in English. It maybe seems really easy now. Like I'm, you girls know, like I'm here, I'm doing a podcast. I pick up my phone. I start recording videos. I'm doing lots of lives and it all seems really effortless. And I get, you know, a lot of comments from so many of you girls saying, Hey guy, like, Oh wow. You're so fantastic. When you speak, you look so confident. I want to be confident like you. And I appreciate that so much, but I find like, I, I, it's so important for me to tell you guys that, It's not that I just began that I was confident. And this is important for me to tell you because it really links to your English. Like I began where I felt so bad. Like I say this all the time, but I cried in front of my cameras. Like in order to do one YouTube video required like Giorgio, who was behind the camera holding up like a big poster with what I had to write required him being there like consoling me while I was freaking out I was panicking he'd be like it's okay like day after day of like this mental coaching just to be able to do one video and that lasted a really long time until one day everything clicked and that really happened with women in English everything clicked and became a lot easier But something that I always tell you girls as well, and I'm just going to randomly throw it in here, is like, it's not that you start off feeling confident. You're not going to start speaking English feeling confident. It's through the journey and the process that the confidence builds. So if anyone's here and you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm so unconfident with my English, but you know, I'm waiting to feel confident from, you know, to apply for a new job or to move to Australia or to take a step don't wait, do whatever it is that you want to do, even if you feel horrible. And in doing it, you get better. And in doing it, your confidence builds. You don't ever build confidence staying still. You don't ever improve yourself through being in your comfort zone and not testing yourself. And if I hadn't passed this thing of like my confidence and how much I struggled being in front of the camera, I don't think I would have ever developed so much of this sense of empathy that I have for other women that I see have the same difficulties and have the same problems. And this is where, you know, I really feel that this experience helped me enter into, hey, I want to build this women in English. Back then, I, I didn't know that it was going to be women in English. I, I, I didn't know anything that I wanted to do. I just knew that I had a sensibility towards people who had felt something like me, in particularly towards women. I'm a woman. So when I see, uh, you know, a younger girl, an older woman, etc., who, you know, I'm like, oh, like they're a little bit introverted. They have the same difficulties. I feel like, oh my God, I went through that. Like I can help you. I just feel like attracted to this particular situation and energy because I feel like there is help there that I can provide. So, In regards to the question now, like, you know, why do you just teach women? Why did you create a community just for women? It is really because of this. Um, My teaching style, the way that I communicate, I would say is like, it's on a very sensitive level and I, it's on a very intimate level. So whenever I'm teaching English, I'm not a classical teacher where we're looking at, you know, let's learn vocabulary or let's learn grammar. And the lesson is just, I would say, scholastic. 
I really work on building a relationship with my with my students. We're talking a lot about feelings. We're talking a lot about like what's going on psychologically. And I just naturally realized that this worked better with women and I was able to do my best work with women. Of course, in the beginning, I used to teach everyone. I even teach children. But I just, I didn't feel the passion. Do you know what I mean? I didn't feel that spark that I was doing what I had to do until I started building this, you know, community for women and teaching women and connecting with women in this way. So yeah, that's a little bit about, you know, why I began Women in English. So one of the hot topics I would say is in regards to like my organization of my day because as you know I'm on a little bit of an extreme schedule you can say it's not a schedule that I'm planning on keeping for the rest of my life because I don't think it's that sustainable however it is something that I'm doing now because I'm in like creation mode and we are really working on like building women in English and just really putting all of our effort there. So when I get questions like what I'm going to answer now, for example, what time do you wake up? It, it, you know, it's not something that I'm planning on doing forever. But yes, in regard to the organization of my day, um, as you girls know, I am an English teacher and I have women in English. So my day in essence is split into two sections. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I know it's early, but I do go to bed early and I'm on a body clock that is, it's just very normal for me to wake up at 4.30. I don't, honestly, like I wake up before my alarm clock and I'm just like, oh, my alarm's going to go off now. Like I wake up fresh. I wake up feeling really good. So I wake up at 4.30 and between like 4.30 and I'm going to say like seven o'clock, depending on my day, that's my first job where I'm looking at women in English and I'm spending my time creating courses, creating content, planning YouTube videos, filming YouTube videos, filming the courses, interacting with you guys, everything regarding, you know, women in English. Then from more or less seven or eight o'clock in the morning, it does vary until the afternoon. That's my second job where I'm dedicated to my teaching and I'm doing my private lessons with you guys. In between those hours and in between the day, obviously, like it's not always the same. Sometimes I have a cancellation. Sometimes my hours change all of a sudden. So when I'm having free hours, generally in the morning when I have free hours, I dedicate that to women in English courses, content, talking to you girls, the podcast, which I'm doing now, for example. However, in the afternoon, When I have free hours, that's dedicated to like house and family normally or exercise. I forgot exercise. It's because I'm a little bit out of my routine (laughs) that it's, I don't know when I'm exercising at the moment, but the afternoon, yeah, it's more dedicated to this. So um, working from home gives me the luxury to be able to, for example, like organize dinner. If I've got a half an hour break in between lessons in the afternoon, I get dinner on. So it's organized. Um, I make beds, I do laundry, I clean the house. And then yes, at, in this period in the afternoon, also I'm like dedicated to exercise. So I'll spend about 30 minutes exercising 
And then I'm back to doing some more social media stuff. I'm, you know, filming a few videos, maybe doing some stories, vlogging a little bit and interacting with you girls. So my day all in all would, it starts to, you know, tie down at around six o'clock, more or less my work side of my day. And then obviously, you know, the family side, I'm with Mia, we cook dinner, we hang out together. And then I would say, you know, more or less by 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30, the max, I'm in bed in a coma, fast asleep, <laughs> ready to rejuvenate myself for the next day. But um, yes, you know, in the beginning, a schedule like this would be very full on for me. But, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but honestly, when you do what you love and you're super passionate, it doesn't feel like work. Like when I'm up at 4.30 and I'm filming videos and I'm creating content, I'm, I'm actually having fun. I love it. People think I'm crazy, like, oh, how do you do it? But I, I like it so much. It's so much fun, especially now, like I'm here, I'm doing the podcast. I feel like I'm kicking back with friends. Like it's something that I really, really enjoy to do. So I think for this reason, it doesn't, you know, it's not something that weighs me down or is like, an obligation. I've, you know, in the past I had normal jobs before I came to Italy. I worked in cafes, restaurants, bars, etc. And you know, you have the feeling of the dread like, oh, I have to go to work. It's so difficult. But now not. No, I don't have that. And um uh in regards to like how I come up with content and if it's difficult, um, I feel I I I, I want to say I don't know how I do it, but what do I do? I mean I have the pleasure and like I, th- I would call it the advantage of teaching English one-on-one. I have all of my private lessons and I get so many questions from my students that I really use that as content. Um, for example, I have lots of students at the same period. You say, hey, Gaia, the conditionals, I don't know how to do conditionals. Can you help me out? And the first thing that clicks in my mind is, oh, I have to do a course on conditionals. Or I may have a lesson where a student says, oh, Gaia, what does this phrasal verb mean? And I think, oh, that's great. I'm going to use that phrasal verb and, you know, teach it over on Instagram. So I really do use my private lessons as a source of information for creating content. And when I'm looking at like other type of content, like just like lifestyle content, I just get inspiration really on what's going on in my day. This was something that I struggled with in the beginning, But once I became very focused on teaching English, I just started seeing opportunities everywhere to teach English. This is like what I was talking to about, I think it was not last podcast, but the podcast before about choice over matter. Um, When you make a choice to do something and when you're aware that you've done it, you just see opportunities everywhere. So like what I tell you girls, like if you're aware and you've actively chosen to learn English, even if you live in Brazil, for example, you will start attracting and seeing possibilities to learn and practice English everywhere. And the same thing is, for example, with my content creation, I'm just always thinking about you girls and always thinking of women in English. So I don't know, the other night my daughter was doing my makeup and I was like, oh, this is a great phrasal verb. Let me quickly teach it on Instagram. And I have that sort of mentality that anybody has when they're just like obsessed with something. Um, In regard to the organization of my day as well, a lot of people have asked like, is it difficult? How do you manage with time? How do you manage to fit in everything? 
Again, something that I really struggled with and have learned in this journey is that it's not about the organization of your time. It's not about scheduling your time. It's not about writing stuff down in agenda. It's just about making a choice and making a priority. And in the past, I mean, I've taught English and just had a YouTube channel and I was like, oh my God, this is a disaster. It's so much things to do. And I still had the same amount of time that I have now where I teach English, podcast, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, courses, website, and I'm still looking at the same amount of hours per day, per week, but I'm able to produce so much more. And it just comes down to choice. If you choose that something is your priority, you just find time for it because you make it a priority. And this is something I've spoken about so many times and I always share this video. It's a TED talk that I watched and this lady gave the example that she had a friend and I always change the example because I never remember, but it's always the same meaning. So you'll understand. She had a friend who was trying to organize time to go to the gym and her friend was like, oh, I never have time to go to the gym. I just can't do it. I don't have time. And then what happened was she had like an emergency plumbing problem in her house. Um, The pipes to her washing machine broke. And all of a sudden, she had to find like an extra hour a day to go back home and supervise the, the work that was being done. And she was able to do it. And the speaker was talking about how interesting it was that if she had to find an hour for exercise, she couldn't. But because then an emergency occurred and she had to find an hour for this emergency, she could. So she highlighted the fact, hey, you don't need more time. You just need to make something your priority. It needs to be urgent. It needs to be an emergency. And this is exactly how I manage to do everything. What I do is my priority and therefore I find time for it. Sure, There are heaps of things that I say I want to do. Like I say, oh, I want to be able to watch movies or I want to be able to read a book or I want to be able to, I don't know, like join a class or something. Oh, and I use the excuse too. And I say, I just don't have time, but it's not because of that. They're just not my priority. What my priority is, is everything I do throughout my day. And because, you know, I've made more than one thing my priority, I've, this is how I just find the time for it. So how do I manage like my work with family? And for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a mom. (laughs) I'm a mom as well. I have a little girl who's about to turn four. Her name is Mia. And I've been working pretty much ever since she was born. I went back to work when she was about three months old, always working from home. But yeah, I got back straight into it. And Working from home has, it's been difficult to understand how to divide work time with family time, especially because I work together with Giorgio. So, you know, we share everything together. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it can be difficult to make a switch where, you know, this is work mode, this is, this is family mode. And I don't think you ever do. And what we've kind of opted for is like, our, our work is our life. We, we do things that we really love and we're so passionate about that we don't feel like we need to separate work 
from life because it's all the same thing. Our idea behind work and behind what we do is is like I'm saying now is to do things that you really love. So we're so excited about it. So when we have new projects, when we have new ideas, like we're like two little kids and we just sit there like all giggly and jumpy and like, oh, I want to do this and then we can do this and oh, that's going to be amazing. And it, it for us, it's not talking about work. It's talking about like cool new things that we're going to do that make us really happy. So in regards to this, like relationship wise, that doesn't feel like we need to like divide it. It just, it's just what we do. It's our life. In regards to Mia, there, there is a division just because obviously, you know, she's a little kid. She's only three and she requires a lot of presence. And that has been something that I've, you know, struggled with because you know, she's with you, but maybe you get a message from a student or maybe, you know, hey, like, oh, I need to comment back to somebody or something in regards to work comes up. And there it's, I find it very difficult to separate like work or put my phone aside and like, just no, no, I have to be 100% totally with Mia. And I've tried so many different things over the years in order to, to be able to do that, you know, change my working hours, change my work schedule. And what I'm doing at the moment (laughs) is that more or less, you know, when she comes home from school, as soon as she's at home from school, you know, there's no other work stuff and I'm just with her. And if I see that, you know, she's gone off to play by herself for a little bit and she's okay and she doesn't need me, then if there's anything I need to finish off, send an email, etc., I'll go ahead and do it. But I try to make that no longer my priority and secondary and I split my time. It's like I, I you know, I become mum and I've got my mum's side where it's, you know, just looking after Mia and staying with her. But um, in regards to, you know, being a mum and working, it's, how can I say like, yeah, I've got like, not that I've got mixed feelings about it, but it is something that I would say goes up and down. It's getting better as Mia's getting older. But I don't know, for those of you who are mums and who you are working, I think that you can really like resonate with what I'm saying. It's that you know, you love to be with your daughter and you really want to be with your daughter. But at the same time, you really love what you do with work and you really want to work. So like when you're working, you're super happy, but then you kind of feel bad because you should be with your daughter. And when you're with your daughter, you're super happy. But then you're like, oh, I kind of got stuff that I've got to do with work. So when she was younger, I'm going to say this was something that I struggled with because, you know, I just like, oh, I should be with her. I work too much. I feel bad. I feel guilty. Now that she's at school, I think this is what's really made this a lot easier. I work while she's at school. So I think, oh, well, she's at school. So it's not that she has to be with me. I don't feel guilty at all. Just if I'm working, for example, on the weekends or in the late afternoon, then I start to struggle a little bit, you know, with feelings of guilt and a little bit of anxiety. But more or less, this is how I manage, you know, work with family, with Giorgio. There's no problem. We we do everything together. Like I was saying before, everything like our work is our life. So there isn't too much that need to detach. We really like talking about work. <laughs> Makes us very happy. Um Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, I got a few questions in regards to burning out, in regards to like energy levels. You know, yes, I think that when you do this type of work, especially, you know, when you're working 
I don't want to say in the public, but when you're working, you know, with like content creation, there is um, a sense of like a type of energy, like a really fast paced energy behind it. You know, there's a lot to do. There's a lot that you want to do and you're constantly creating and creating is something that's like absolutely incredible, but you do sometimes get tired and you think, oh, I've, you know, put out so much content that I don't know what else to do. I'm feeling really low in energy. I'm feeling really tired. And this is something that in the past killed me. In fact, you know, I took really long breaks from social media. Um, I wasn't able to be that consistent. What's helped me out now is I always do less than what I can do. And again, this is what I've spoken to you about in your English. I have the tendency just to push myself to the extreme And it's great because I get to do a lot of stuff, but it's just not sustainable. So I always try to look for the, the smartest and easiest way to do everything, to spend the minimal amount of time in order to save my energy. And this is something that Giorgio taught me. <laughs> If he listens to this, he'll be like, ah, yes, now you can say it with confidence. But do you remember? Because yeah, it was like lots of long talks together. He's like my manager, ladies. Like I would call him like the visionary of women in English. And he just, you know, is analyzing everything just to make sure that we're doing it at our best. And this was a really big point that, you know, he really, really encouraged me to see and to understand and helped me understand this is in regards to simplifying everything. And I spoke to you girls about it in regards to your English. It's the same thing. Like if you set yourself up with an English routine that is so full on and you're like, I'm going to study grammar one hour a day, but then you burn out because it's not sustainable. Well, then you're not learning English. You're learning English where you decide to be very practical and say, hey, 10 minutes a day, two phrasal verbs and actually learn it and actually absorb it. That's learning English. You always have to save your energy. So if you're in the middle of doing an English exercise and you feel like you can do another, don't do it. Stick to what you've told yourself you're going to do and save the energy for the next day. And I found that this has really, really helped me avoid burnouts. Alrighty, ladies. So that's the end of the podcast. I hope that you liked it. It was really fun. I love, I say this at the end of every, every single podcast episode, but I really, really like sitting here and talking to you girls and just like sharing this information. I hope that you found it interesting. Just want to give you a little quick reminder um, in regards to the courses. We have a brand new course this week, which is the Complete English Verb Tense course. It is available over on the website. Like I said, all of the links are here down below in the description box, but it's such a great course for any single level of English. Normally, I produce content just for B1, B2 advanced students. This is even for beginners, pre-intermediate, etc. Fantastic four-hour long grammar course for anybody who is needing to learn the verb tenses in a very practical and natural way. I forgot to tell you in the introduction, so I'm telling you now, if you are interested, you can go ahead and get more info or enroll just by having a look at the description box. All of the links are there. And that's it. Thank you so much for being here. Again, I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will be back next week with another podcast. See you later, ladies.